checking on his stick. We are Chicken on a Stick. Welcome to another episode. Welcome, welcome. Today we're going to be talking about the 2016 film Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water. Your pick. My pick. Yeah. Uh, it's a movie I absolutely love. I've loved it since I saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely up there. It's probably one of my favorite films from 2016. Yeah. Um, but we can get a lot more into that momentarily. Yep. Yeah. So, what's the plan? We're gonna watch that bank like a deer feeder. In time, we'll be right. Now, let's see what they got to eat here. Howdy, ma'am, how you doing today? Hot, and I don't mean the good kind. So what don't you want? Pardon? What don't you want? Oh, well, uh... I think I'll just, uh... You know, I've been working here for 44 years. Ain't nobody ever ordered nothing but T-bone steak and a baked potato. Except this one asshole from New York tried to order trout back in 1987. We don't sell no goddamn trout. T-bone steaks. So either you don't want the corn on the cob, or you don't want the green beans. So what don't you want? I don't want green beans. I don't want green beans either. Steaks cooked medium rare. Can I get my steak cooked that just a little? That no question. All right. Iced tea for you boys. Iced tea be great. Iced tea, yeah, thank you, ma'am. Uh-huh. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Nobody's gonna rob this son of a bitch. <laughs> Okay, so Hell or High Water is a 2016 neo-western crime drama directed by David McKenzie and written by Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan, uh, I really like his work. Um, he's done a lot of things that you've, I know you've seen. In right. fact, I forced you to watch some of them. <laughs> but leading into this, into Hell or High Water... He did. Uh, he wrote Sicario. Yes. He then wrote Hell or High Water. He wrote and directed the next year Wind River. Such a good movie. He wrote the sequel to Sicario, Sicario: Day of the Soledad, mm-hmm. or Soldado, however it's said. I know I just said it wrong, but it's Soldado, I couldn't, believe. Couldn't tell you. Um, as well as a movie from a couple years ago during the pandemic, he did uh, those who would. Wish We Were Dead yeah. with Annalena Jolie about the Firewatch lady. Yeah. Um, he basically is very famous and well-known for doing neo-westerns or contemporary westerns, so much so that he created, co-created this very popular TV show known as Yellowstone. 
along with all of its prequel series of like 1883 and then 19-something, which I think has Harrison Ford in it, uh, of which I've not watched. Although I have a lot of interest in watching, right. I just have not. have not watched it, but I know so many people that are just obsessed with it. Yeah. So, just to kind of fill people in with what exactly, like, a neo-Western is, uh, basically it's a modern Western. So it takes place in modern times and still has themes that are very similar to the standard Western, Mm -hmm. just brought forward in time. And a lot of it has to deal with um, sort of people going against convention, kind of seeking out their own form of justice, Mm -hmm. those sort of general themes... Uh, or feeling remorse about something you've done in the past. Um, The first, probably, what I'd say, modern, big movie that you can point to that was this way is No Country for Old Men. Which is one of my absolute all-time favorite movies. And if you've ever seen No Country for Old Men, but you've not seen Hell or High Water, if you watch Hell or High Water, you're going to notice a lot of Mm -hmm. similarities in maybe especially towards the conclusion of the film um and in the way that the law is sort of portrayed uh, also texas and and texas mm-hmm. yeah uh so the film takes place in texas the movie was not shot in texas the I, movie was shot in new mexico i figured that but you you do get from the scenery you get that that texas feel it Everything's flat. Everything's kind of bland and boring looking. Um, so they at least made it look very West Texas. Yeah, so principal photography took place in a place called Clovis, New Mexico. And then they filmed in a bunch of other small towns in New Mexico as well. It very much does... Like, if you did not know... Uh, and if you've ever lived in Texas for a period of time, like in the country, not out in like, I don't know, like Houston or Fort Worth or Dallas or Austin or whatever, if you've ever lived or been out into the smaller towns in Texas, it looks like absolutely exactly like Texas. I would, I immediately assumed that that's where it was shot. I had growing up, I had friends, especially in like college that lived in these like out in the boondocks parts of texas um it it does the movie itself not only does a good job of making you feel like you're in texas and like you know out there texas but the way that people talk and their mannerisms are so texas yes they do a really good job with that so much yeah no i'll see that later Uh, so really there's four central, there's technically only three central central characters with one really big secondary character, although I'm just going to count him as a, a central character. Um, and those are Texas Ranger Marcus Hamilton, played by Jeff Bridges. Uh, Jeff Bridges coming in to play a soon-to-be-retiring old, grumpy, white Texas Ranger guy uh, you would not be mistaken if you closed your eyes and thought that this was Rooster Cogburn from True Grit because yeah. he just, it almost feels like a modern Rooster Cogburn. I he's very confident in what he does. He's clearly very skilled in what he does. So and he mumbles a lot. <laughs> I googled 
while we were watching it, I Googled, I was like, wait, is Jeff Bridges from Texas? Because he has it down pat. But no, he's from, he was born and raised in Los Angeles. But he does <laughs> an amazing job. He does very good. Very yeah. Good. He was a great choice to do uh, in the remake of True Grit to play Rooster oh, Cogburn. Perfect. Um, but he's also great here. He's fantastic here. He's very, he it's a very, um, sort of subtle, subdued performance, I'll say, in that, uh, it's one of the, it almost feels cliche when you think of any sort of police shows, if you think of, like, Lethal Weapon, uh, Donald Glover, or Danny Glover's about to retire, and he's just like, I'm too old for this shit, and that's almost the same sort of feel that he gives in this movie is he's like i'm i'm a week away from retiring yeah. i'm i'm ready to go but also at the same time he doesn't want to go yeah um because like what else is he gonna do right and i i will say this i did work at a marina in would you consider rockwell a small town no right medium medium <laughs> i worked at a marina uh early 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 mornings and all of my customers were retired southern like cowboy types and they, they all talked exactly like Jeff Bridges' character. Like, the mannerisms, the same. Just shooting the breeze and, you know, hanging around. What else we're going to do? You know, kind of type. So, I, I, I loved how great he did, he did that. Our other Texas Ranger that we're going to spend a good portion of this movie with is a character named uh, Alberto Parker, who's played by Gil Birmingham. And Gil Birmingham, basically, Alberto is a half Indian, half Hispanic mm-hmm. character. Um, I, he's half Comanche, specifically, and then half Mexicans, what they say um, at one point. Um, the interesting thing about Gil being cast is that Gil, his father was of Comanche descent, so he is part Comanche um, in that aspect. That's cool. And he's also from San Antonio. Texas. Oh. So he was a local Texas boy. Well, there you go. Um, this is going to be very random, but uh, and only people who ever knew what the movie trivia Schmodown is uh, would understand this. So if you do, shout out. Um, but you might remember, because I dragged you down to Houston to go see one of their live shows. You did. One of the people who competed at that show was a guy named John Roca. Does a lot of stuff on YouTube, movie podcasts, things like that. I remember. He wore the cowboy hat and stuff. Right. Like, that's his thing. He, he wore cowboy hats, mm-hmm. and he, his nickname was Outlaw, whatever. A lot of the time, he he looks very similar to Gil Birmingham. He does, doesn't he? There, there's an uncanny resemblance that people had made jokes about, like, you look like the guy from I Hell or High Water. I didn't think about that. He does look Very like random him. tangent, but that was always a thing that's in my head that they look the same. They look very similar. That is pretty funny. Um, and then our two other characters, um, we have Toby Howard and Tanner Howard, two brothers, played by Chris Pine and Ben Foster. Um, Chris Pine, everybody probably knows Chris Pine. Uh, his biggest thing is probably the Star Trek movies that he did where he played Captain uh, Kirk. And Ben Foster has done a lot of movies, a lot of sort of supporting roles, mm-hmm. uh, but he was no stranger at the time to doing a Western, as he is the lead, 
or I guess right-hand man of the main villain in the remake of 310 to Yuma. Uh. So when Christian Bale is taking uh, the guy to the train for the 310 to Yuma, his gang that's following him, Ben Foster, was the lead of that gang. He's one of those people, and I asked it out loud. I was like, he's one of those people that I recognize his face. He's a... What did... Um, um, oh, gosh. Yes. There's a guy, he's one of your favorite actors. Um, the movie about the water slide. The movie about the water slide. Sam, Sam Rockwell? Sam, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Said, <laughs> Rockwell, you got Rockwell. Sam, right. Sam Rockwell said something when he hosted SNL, and he did a, his monologue. He said, I'm that guy in movies... A lot of people call me the, and he snapped his fingers three times, that guy. And I feel like this is that same thing. It's like, I can't, I know your face, but I can't pinpoint what your name is. Or I can't pinpoint exactly what I know you from. And that's exactly what this guy was to me. Like, I know who he is, sort of, but not quite. Uh, Ben Foster's great. I I think he's pretty underrated. Um, and when he really gets something to work with, he does fantastic. I saw a movie, you didn't see it last year, but a movie called Medieval, where he's the lead, and it was based on a real guy and and all this stuff. The movie was, like, it was fine. Um, it was pretty so-so, but he was great in it. Um, so yeah, he's fantastic. I believe it. Uh, so into the actual movie, we open, uh, and this is gonna be a throwback to anybody who watched our streams, you'll realize something that I'm, we're about to talk about. Uh, and I guess spoiler warnings before we get into this, we do talk about the whole movie, so if you've not seen it, pause, go watch the movie. It's less than two hours. It's like an hour and 43 minutes or something like that. Go watch it, then come back, and we're just basically going to talk about the movie, share our opinions and yeah. thoughts and, and whatnot. We're going to dissect it. <laughs> sure. Do you know if it's streaming anywhere? I don't know. I can find out. I think that's the fun part of being able to go into these movies is being able to break it down step by step and really analyze the storyline. I think that's what makes these particular podcasts fun because there are so many new movies that we watch that I want to do that so bad, <laughs> too. I just want to spill the beans on everything. Yeah, so it's available on Hulu if you have access to Hulu, and then you can rent it in a bunch of other places. There you go. So. It's it, It's been out a number of years. It's like $4 to rent if you really want to rent it. Or if you have a Hulu subscription, at least in the United States, there yeah. you go. There you go. Because I don't think Hulu exists other places. Uh, so the opening shot of the movie is a couple of cars pulling into a parking lot. Out of one of the cars steps this lady. Uh, as the other car sort of circles around this building, we see that the building this woman's walking to... And that the car circling around is a Texas Midland Bank. Yes. And the woman is walking towards the bank very early in the morning. There's nothing else really going on in the street or anything. And as she's going to open the door, two men rush up behind her with guns and hockey masks on, ski masks, whatever you call them, and force her into the door trying to commit a robbery. She's also one of those ladies that I, I know her from things, but I don't remember her name. But she's a, she's a side character a lot. Yes, she is. Um, now, in here, 
this is this is the part, and that was uh, that's Dale Dickey, by the way, ah. um, or Diana Dale Dickey, whatever she goes by. Um, this is the part that if you have been in our streams, maybe about I don't know two years ago, year and a half ago, whenever the original opening I made was there, uh, a clip from this scene is in it, yes. or was in it, and as they're <laughs> they're pushing her into the door. Telling her to get in, they're there to rob, open up the the drawers and all mm-hmm. the cash drawers, all that sort of stuff. Um, one of them does politely just ask her to open the drawers. Right. And she says, y'all are new to this, aren't you? Immediately critical of, of, their, of their process. Basically, she's, she's telling them that there's no money in the drawers yet, because right. she just opened. Yeah. Everything is still in the vault. And she doesn't have access to the vault because you need the keys. And the only person who has the keys is the bank manager who is not there. Right. Uh, and they're just like, well, the more aggressive brothers, like, well, op- open the drawers just to make sure. And she opens them and they're empty and they're like, fuck, okay, well, when does the manager get here? And she says, 830. And they're like, shit. And, yep. and then <laughs> she, she does tell them, uh, all you're guilty of right now is being stupid. <laughs> That's my favorite, favorite thing in the movie. She's like, you know what? You can turn around right now. You can leave. I I don't know who you are. I haven't seen your faces. You can leave. The only thing that you're guilty of right now is just being stupid. And that rubs one of them the wrong way. Yeah, so Toby, uh, Chris Pine, is much more polite uh, and kind of patient, level-headed with her. Uh, or at least in his mannerisms, because, again, he asked her, like, please open the yeah. drawers. Whereas Tanner is much more aggressive and does take insult to being called stupid. Um, so they're they're kind of panicking, trying to figure out what they need to do. They tell her to come out into the lobby and sit down. She goes to sit on this little, like, bench that's there, and he goes, No, on the floor! So she sits on the floor, and they decide to wait for the manager... Uh, so, you know, roughly 30 minutes goes by. They're hiding, like, around a corner. The manager comes in. But most importantly, before this happens, is that there's, like, a lull of silence. In oh, yeah, the and sa- he says, the sass- you're stupid. The, sa- the sassy kid that, like, no, get on the ground. There's just a pause, and he goes, you're stupid. You're stupid. Like a freaking little kid. No, you're dumb. Yeah. Uh, so the manager comes in, and they get him to open up the vault. Uh, and they take off with money. We learn at this point that they're brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Toby and Tanner. Uh, Tanner is the younger brother? Young. Chris Pine's younger. Chris Pine is the younger yeah. brother. Okay, so Which Tanner's the older brother, Chris think. Pine's the younger brother. Yeah. I remember, you know, obviously one of them had to be I, one I or had, the other. I was assuming that the Chris Pine character was older because he was more level-headed. But so I was surprised to find out that the more reckless one was the older one. Yeah, sometimes that's true in real life. Sometimes it's not. That is very true. I'm speaking from experience. Same. <laughs> Are you? Yes. <laughs> I was always very level-headed. Uh, so they decide to go to another bank because it's early enough in the morning that potentially nobody would be there. So they pull up to another Texas Midlands bank. Um... As they go in, there is an old cowboy in there who showed up first thing in the morning like old As people like old to do. Retired cowboy which, men do. To be fair, 
is also what I would prefer to do. Because I like exactly to do things do. as soon as possible to get them out of the way. Same thing when I were... I'm telling you, when I worked at the marina, I the doors open at 6. So many old men just shooting the breeze outside. <laughs> just hanging. What are y'all doing up so they woke, early? They woke up at like 4. Too early. And he's just, yeah, he's just an old cowboy type. Just shooting the breeze. And... He's talking to the teller. He's brought uh, like a box of rolled coins that, he found... that he's just had forever. I think he said he found them in an attic or a basement. Or yeah, an attic. So he's trying to turn them in, you know, deposit them, whatever it might be, as the brothers come in. Uh, Toby kind of sits in the back, kind of just pointing gun at everybody. Tanner kind of gets more in the face with everyone. He hops up on the counter. Um, they do ask the cowboy if he has a gun on him. They, they take the gun out of his pocket, put it on the countertop. Very, very classic Texas answer, by the way. They're like, oh man, you got a gun on you? He said, hell yeah, I got a gun on me. Yeah, very he's, Texas. He's so unthreatened. Yeah. And he's, my my other favorite thing that he said was, are y'all really robbing this place? <laughs> y'all ain't even Mexican. Oh, yeah, he does say something very racist, which is exactly what I would expect. He's the most unbothered man. Expect that to say. Um, while they're robbing this bank, we do learn that the, they specifically want not the vault, but the drawers full of cash. And they tell the teller, only loose bills, ones, fives, tens, and twenties, nothing above a twenty, no large bills, nothing in a bundle. This is to avoid any sort of ink packs, or with like the hundreds, they could eat more easily kind of... Track it? I guess track it is sort of what they imply later on in the movie, Uh, but... Uh, maybe, you know, having that large of a sum of money might raise some more red flags. Whereas if you have, you know, a few thousand or whatever in fives, ones, whatever kind of mixed up looks a little less suspicious, I suppose. And these, like, small, quiet towns. Yeah. Uh, so they do get the money, and they go to leave. <laughs> and as they're... Oh, they also do say they don't want the old man's money. They just want the bank's money. They're not taking anything from the cowboy. Just the bank. Um, They go and they leave the bank. And as they're leaving the bank, the cowboy goes, oh, hell no. And takes his gun and starts to shoot at them. Yeah. The funny thing to note is that they said, when they asked him, do you have a gun? And he said, yeah, one of them took it. But instead of keeping it, he sat it back down on the bank counter. So, and then they just left. So, obviously, the old man's like, well, my gun's right there. I'm going to go grab it. And And, and as I would expect most, especially older Texans to do who carry firearms like that, going to take the law into his own hands. Yep. Sure is. They do manage to escape. No big deal. Um, There is a couple good rounds. Yeah, there is a comment from Tanner being like, why did you put the gun back next to him? Why did you put it down? Why didn't you just take it? Like, throw it away next time, or keep it, or something. Um, we do see they drive this car of theirs back to, like, a ranch. Um, to this, basically, they've already pre-dug this hole that's deep enough and large enough that they put the car in neutral and just push it into the hole. Yeah. And then they've got a backhoe that they're 
putting the dirt back on top of. They're basically burying the car. Right. Uh, and then they get into another vehicle and drive away. Right. So it's very, very clear they've planned this out. Yeah. What to do, how to uh, dispose of the vehicle. They're very clearly not using like their own personal vehicle mm-hmm. uh, that could be traced directly back to them. So it's very, very, very coordinated. Very... It- while it does seem very chaotic at times, it's also balanced out methodically that they have yep. put thought into yeah. it. Uh, we're introduced at this point to uh, our Texas Rangers. Uh, again, Jeff Bridges is basically ready to retire, uh, or Marcus. Um, we only hear his name, I want to say, once near the end of the movie, or maybe yeah. once or twice, but from like... Once on a news report, and then another character finally at some point actually says it. I don't think anybody does before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alberto, we hear quite a few times from Jeff Bridges. Right. So Alberto comes up to Jeff, uh, to Marcus and hands him this uh, like police report of a couple banks being robbed. And he assumes at first that the FBI are probably just wanting their assistance. Mm-hmm. But he says, nope, the FBI aren't going to touch it because... Texas Midland Banks is only in Texas, mm-hmm. and the the amount of money stolen has only been a few thousand dollars. Right. So it's not so a not ton. Gonna, they're not going to waste their time. Right. Um, so it's their job. They're mm-hmm. going out to, to take a look at it. So they head off to the banks to get some, to, to look at the crime scene, I guess. Their, their back and forth, their banter is hilarious. It is such comedic relief in the movie. Because we are constantly... Jeff Bridges' character is constantly making little jabs at his partner. Like, he, he makes a comment like, Why are you always copying what I'm wearing at work? And the guy's like, It's a uniform. We're all wearing it. <laughs> Leave me alone. But yeah, they're just... They're very, very funny. And Jeff Bridges' character is constantly making... Sort of racial jokes at him? No, he's definitely making racist, <laughs> racist jokes towards him at times. I thought your people like this, and I thought your people like that. And then he always gets checked. Because the guy, like, is used to his crotchety attitude, so he knows how to snap back at him. So their, their balance is, their chemistry is top tier. Yeah, it's very clear... Uh, that the jokes and stuff do annoy Alberto, but also at the same time, uh, he kind of digs back at Marcus yeah. in his own sort of way, right. and it's clear that they do have kind of respect for each other. But it's kind of like a uh, the old man who's ready to leave and the younger yeah. whippersnapper. Although he, you know, he he's definitely younger than Jeff Bridges, but he doesn't seem. He's not so so much yeah, younger. He's not like a rookie or anything. Yeah. He's he's definitely older, just not as old as Jeff Bridges, but it is funny Jeff Bridges will make a jack like a racial joke about him and then he'll make a comment about him being, you know, wow, I'm really going to miss this when you're, you know, sitting in your wheelchair out on your porch. You old man, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um we do learn at this point that the brother, the brothers kind of hanging out in a house. Uh, we learn at this point a couple things about them. One, their mother was bedridden for a few months before she eventually passed away. Uh, and her dying was a matter of weeks ago. 
And we learned that Tanner was unaware, and he's not sure why Toby never reached out to him for, like, assistance. And he's like, well, like, what were you going to do anyway? And he's like, ah, I, I get it. I'm only good to rob banks with. But we do learn that Tanner has been to prison before right. and has only been out for not not too long. Yeah. Uh, maybe a year or so. Which which kind of explains a little bit of why he's so overexcited, maybe, about things. Like, he seems very, maybe. very excited. Um, we also learn that because the mother died, she had left everything to Chris Pine, including this ranch. Uh, but they're going to be losing it soon due to, like, foreclosure or, or like, mortgage payments haven't been... Or a uh, reverse mortgage and back, back taxes. Right. So the bank is looking to repossess it, right. which means that they'd potentially lose it. Which gives us the first indication of why they're robbing the banks to begin with is because they did not want to lose it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also learn that the reason that Tanner went to prison, or it's kind of hinted at here, but it, I feel like it's pretty clear, although we do get it reiterated again later on in, in the movie, mm-hmm. is that the reason Tanner uh, ended up going to prison is that he always sort of butted heads with their father. And the way that Toby viewed it was, like, you never learned your lesson to, like, just not to talk back, don't question things, and they wouldn't beat you so much. And he's like, you're right. And that's why I ended up shooting that, that fucker. Yeah. Uh, so we learned, basically, he, he killed his father. Yeah. And he went to prison for it. Yeah. He said something along the lines of, like, you never understood that when you talk back, he would beat us more. And he's like, yeah, no, I understand that. I, I know that. And that's why I did what I did. So we, we, we get to see, I mean, it's, I don't remember if they do say it. It's the assumption that he was abusive to the mother as well. Yeah, I think it was just outright abusive yeah, to everyone. Yeah, he was just like a shitty, abusive, you know, shit kicker. And, <laughs> shit kicker, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and so Tanner, you know, being the, I don't know, between the two of them, being the one that wants to, like, stand up and be bolder whereas Chris Pine's character is quieter just took matters into his own hands and said fuck it I'll go to jail I don't care and so at least that freed the mom and Chris Pine's character from that abuse so he kind of took one for the team yeah Uh, we do see the Texas Rangers show up at the first bank and they meet a random guy like, as they're getting out of their car and they're about to go into, like, the crime scene, just a random guy drives by with his truck with uh, almost like a horse carrier. I don't know what they're called. Like, the thing that you hitch onto the back of your truck and you put a horse into. Trailer? Trailer, a horse trailer. I don't know what it's called. Uh, um, but he stops and he's like, what's going on here? And Jeff Bridges is just like, oh, some some boys robbed the bank. And he makes probably the most Texas comment ever to be like, well, if I run into those... or So he hands him his car. He's like, if you see anybody looking suspicious, let me know. And he's like, if I find people looking at me sideways, I'll hang them. Yeah. And Jeff Bridges just kind of laughs and then's like, I love West Texas. (laughs) He says something along the lines of, I think... Yeah, the guy says something like, well, if someone looks at me sideways... 
I'll take care of it myself. And I feel like Jeff Bridges said something, it was something along the lines of, I'm pretty sure the only person that would be bad for would be you. <laughs> so maybe don't do that. Yeah. But also it is a very, we're very nosy folk. Very nosy. You are very nosy I people. I am very nosy. Uh, again, we reiterate, basically they learn that they're only taking small bills, only loose bills. Uh, Jeff Bridges makes a comment that it's very it's very smart that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also learn that they don't have any working video cameras in the no, bank. None of like none of the the small town banks they're running off of like VHS old shit that doesn't work. And they it was like it was like a thing that kept coming up like don't you have surveillance? And they're like no. We don't need it. Yeah. We handle things ourselves. Yeah, and they, uh, <laughs> there's also a comment in here, they're asking the teller, um, like, what they look like, she's like, well, they had masks on, he's like, yeah, but could you tell, are they white, Mexican, like, what, and he's like, oh, they're, they're white, um, there's a comment that I just, I get a chuckle out of it, just because we happen to live uh, in Dallas, is, uh, they say, like them thugs in Dallas. Oh my god, that was so funny, that was hilarious. I can tell by the way that they spoke. Sounds like one of them. Oh, that they're thugs. they're local. They're yeah. not they're not like them thugs in Dallas. Yeah, not like them thugs in Dallas. That's a West Texas accent. It's very funny. So funny. Uh, Marcus does figure out more or less that they're trying to get a certain amount of money, uh, and probably aren't done yet, right. just because well they're taking such small amounts. They hit two banks in a row. Uh, specifically the same banks where they seemingly know that maybe there's maybe they lucked out or knew that there were camera issues in just these right. these midland banks already these branches but he assumes that they're trying to get to a certain amount which means they're probably not done quite yet so right. they got to figure out their next step uh, we do find out also as well that uh, that Chris Pine is really doing this, one, to save the ranch and everything, but the reason he's doing that is because he's not going to give anything to Tanner, but he's passing it all on to his children. Right. Uh, so he's got two kids with an estranged ex-wife. Um, and who he owes, owes child support Who he to owes a well. ton of child support to as well, yep. We learn this while they're sitting at a diner having just some random breakfast at an old random-ass t- diner in a small-ass town. Have you, uh, did I ask this when we watched it, have you ever been to one of those middle-of-nowhere diners? I can't say a middle-of-nowhere diner, no. I've been to a couple in the middle of nowhere, and it is exactly like that. Except everyone's smoking cigarettes. I mean, probably not now. They probably out did that, but... <laughs> Maybe. Um, Tanner does say, like, you know, we, we have enough money. You could pay back that child support he's like nope nope we got to get the stuff by friday to give it to the bank to get you know fix the issues with the ranch Mm -hmm. um and tanner's like okay well i'm gonna go to the bathroom you pay the check and he gets up and he leaves the table um but we see in the background that he's not going to the bathroom he walked across the street into a bank across the street uh, while we're seeing him do that, like, in the background, Pine does stay behind, uh, and he speaks with the waitress. Um, she kind of sets herself down. She's, like, a little curious about him. I love this actress, too. She's such a great actress. I've seen her in other things. But she she's kind of one of those 
cliche diner waitresses like hey sugar hey honey how's life treating you you know types and she's very curious about his story and wants to sit down and talk to him for a yeah minute. so this is um katie mixon i might be mispronouncing that last name uh it's like dixon but with an m instead so mixon um the thing i know her most from was uh she was in eastbound and down oh uh that show and i watched that show because danny mcbride um and it was hilarious and she was good in it so. i never saw that but i did she did play the sister in uh, melissa mccarthy's tv show which i forget what it was called i have um, no idea she played a sister on that and she was very sassy there but uh, but yeah, she's she's playing the very cliche diner waitress role, and just you know kind of Mike and Molly. Mike and Molly, that's it. And just yeah, just asking him questions. Yeah, so she well she's being like very overtly flirty with him. Very. Uh, he's Chris Pine. He's you know. We don't get a lot of those around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's being very flirty with him, and he's. Uh, I think he's sort of picking it up on it, but also so. seems slightly indifferent because he's focusing on what they are trying to do and not garner attention yeah um we learn through this that he he worked for the gas company and it doesn't pay very much because they're not really drilling anymore for gas now it's all about oil and stuff um and he ends up basically she just smiles leaves him the the bill and walks away and he pulls out a wad of cash, and he starts to, like, take it out to be like, okay, how much should I leave? And then just leaves the whole thing. Which is, like, a ton of money. But it's also really cute, too, before the, their inter- their interaction ends, is, you know, while she is asking him about, like, well, what do you do for work? What did you do? And he tells her about the the gas stuff. She does, at one point, say, well, you know, we, we do need a cook. Oh, yeah, she does if say you, we need a cook. If you want to work here with me, you can you can work here. And I forget what he says. I think he says something like, I don't cook or something like that. But oh, And she's like, neither does ours. Oh, yeah, so. neither does ours. So she, she's like, it's something to think about. Yeah. Uh, Which is really sweet. We do see Tanner in the bank real quick. He runs up to uh, this girl. Uh, he j- only has the ski mask on and gloves. Uh, he does not have their like black hoodie and stuff that they were using at the other banks. So he's still in his button-down... Um, stereotypical what you would expect a cowboy sort of to be wearing like a flannel button down shirt points a gun right in her face yeah give me all your cash same sort of thing that he normally does just straight out of the drawer um and gets all the money that he can stuffs it in his shirt because he doesn't have bags with him and we see him as chris pine is leaving as Toby's leaving the diner, he's running out of the bank with cash flying everywhere going, Start the car! Hauling Start the ass. car! Hauling ass. Not to mention, this diner is like all windows. Have you ever seen a Waffle House? That's basically what it looked like. All windows. So everyone can see what's going on. And they parked in the very front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious because if, if it wasn't a small town and there was a ton of people there... Oh, yeah. It'd be very easy to catch. Very easy. Uh, one side note, the teller at that bank is played by Amber Mid Mid Thunder. I take props for that because I did say she you, looks so you did fa- point out that she looked familiar. I said she looks familiar. Did we see her in a scary movie? Yeah. Um, and she played most recently in a movie just from last year. She was the main character Naru in 
Prey. Um, which we did really like. That was quite Stop a good movie. Um, but it's crazy that you recognized her from six years earlier. Yeah. Every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. You pick things up like that. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, as so as they're leaving, as they're driving away, uh, Chris Pine's just kind of like, "What are you doing? You've just like, it, you Why did you, you messed you messed that up. Why would you do that? We're not go. We're only going to Texas Midland Banks." And he's like, "Well, now, now I have to spend a whole day getting another car. Now we're off off track on what we're doing." And Tanner just replies like, "I got us ahead of track earlier today by doing two banks, and now we're even more ahead of everything." So you can spend the day looking for a new car tomorrow. My my literal note, my bullet point at this point, I wrote, the brother is such a dipshit. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you just willy-nilly decide to go outside of the plan, not tell me what you were going to do, and now I'm the one driving the car, everyone basically saw us, why would you put us in that situation? Yeah. He's so reckless right now. Yeah, so they, they drive off to Tanner's home. He's living in a trailer, just, again, out in the middle of nowhere, off the side of some country road somewhere. And, uh, basically, he says that he's being allowed to live there because he shoots the coyotes. Coyotes. The coyotes for the guy. Um, he goes inside. Basically, the the most important part about this is basically he grabs a couple rifles, uh, from there and puts them into the trunk like long range rifles. Uh like a like an actual sniper rifle or yeah. hu- hunting rifle, I don't know what exactly you'd call it in an actual assault rifle which we will see later on. Mm-hmm. Um and he's taking them with him cuz he says like you got to get them out of your house. <coughs> God bless you. Ooh. Get those demons out. Sorry. <laughs> uh but basically he just says you got to take them out of your house every once in a while. He doesn't have plans on using them or anything. He's just got to get them out of the house. Keep them on rotation. I guess. I don't don't know how guns work. That's what I do with all of my rifles. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You just hide them very well? Yep. Mm. Uh, The Texas Rangers show up at the bank that was just robbed. Um, They talk to the girl inside where they learn that it was only one robber that time. They're like, wait, what? That doesn't sound right. And she's like, well, yeah, he... He ran off to, like, a car at the diner next door, and somebody drove away with him, and they're like, oh, okay. So they go to the diner next door, or Marcus, Jeff Bridges alone, goes to the mm-hmm. diner next door, and he, when he gets in there, oh, it's so funny. he asks to speak to the waitress who helped the, the two boys, and there's, there's a table of, like, three older cowboy-looking guys. Which... Again, if you've ever been to, like, some podunk diner, there is always a group of men that are going to sit there for four hours just drinking black coffee and shooting the breeze. So, sure enough, there's just a bunch of old cowboys. Just, they've been there the whole time, and they're up against the window. Yeah, and, and uh, Marcus is like, did you see these two boys? I'm like, oh, yeah, they were sitting right there. And he's like, oh, did you see what happened? He's like... Yeah, I saw him, saw him robbing that bank, which has been robbing me for years. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, so, so you didn't really care. Very it, unbothered. It kind of gets a chuckle out of Marcus. Just, I think he just loves these old, yeah. old-timey people being like, like fuck it. They're kind of like his kin a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
He does eventually talk to the waitress. This is where we learn that Toby left her $200 tip. And Marcus is trying to say, like, okay, well, I'm going to need that money because it's evidence. And she just snaps on him. She is so sassy before he even opens his mouth, asking him questions, you know, uh, did you see a, a handsome, did you see any handsome men? And she's like, how would you know if I saw any handsome men? And he's like, well, I mean, what is it he says? He says something like, well, I would assume if there were these two gentlemen that weren't from around here, something like that. And she's like, is it a crime to go to a diner and be handsome and tip someone? <laughs> and he's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to need that. We get to see... The scene does a little bit to further show you how intelligent Marcus is. That while it kind of looks like he's goofing around and laughing with these people, he's picking up on just such small little details that it's clear that he's like piecing things together in his mind to figure out what's happening. And where his partner sees like, okay, well they hit these three banks, he knows like, well, no, they didn't mean to do that. Yeah. The one hot-headed guy went and did it on his own for some reason. That was not part of the plan. Right. Um, whereas the other ones was Calculated. on purpose. They yeah. had to do those ones. Or, well, they didn't have to, but they planned to do but, those Yeah, ones. but it was calculated. But it is pretty funny that she basically says that she doesn't want to answer any questions. She doesn't know anything. And he picks up on <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, he's like... Did you talk to him? Yeah, but they didn't tell me that I was going to rob a bank. Yeah. And then he's like, what did he tip you? And she kind of has like this moment where she doesn't want to say anything. And he's like, no, how much money did he give you? And she said, $200. And he goes, well, we're going to need that. And she goes, well, he gave it to me before he robbed the bank. So that's technically my tip. And he goes, before they robbed this bank, yeah, not the other bank. So that we still need that money. She basically tells him to go shove it. She's like, that's half my mortgage. So, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. So she's like, I'm not giving anybody so, money. So, yeah, she refuses to give the money. Uh, when Alberto comes in, uh, Marcus does say, <laughs> go go talk to that sassy waitress in the back and get that money. Doesn't he say something like that sassy big lady in the yeah, back? Yeah, the sassy big lady <laughs> in the back. He calls her big. <laughs> oh, yeah. He says, go get that money from her. And as the guy goes to walk away, the, the group of the old cowboys goes, good luck with that. Yeah. She's not going to give that up easy. Uh, we cut back to the brothers, and we see that they're going across state lines into Oklahoma. By the way, I would keep the money, too. <laughs> yeah. You would not. You'd give it right away. You think I would? You? Oh, I know you would. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, as they cross the border into Oklahoma, they stop quickly at a gas station. In this scene... Um, it does serve a purpose in kind of showing that Toby will do anything for his brother or for his family, but the scene ultimately isn't necessarily needed, but it is funny, um, and I enjoy this scene for basically the line of dialogue at the end of it. It is funny. Uh, when they stop at this gas station, Tanner stays inside the car, and Toby goes inside, uh, and Tanner asks him to get him a Dr. Pepper and some, uh, some some cigarettes i forget exactly which kind um but as he's sitting there he's kind of his head's just leaned back it looks like he's taking a nap he almost looks like what you're told turkeys do when it rains which is look straight up into the sky with their mouth open and just drown themselves i've never heard that you've never heard that no that's a 
I don't know if it's actually a thing, but I've heard it so many times that turkeys just like look up <laughs> with their mouths agaped. And, and they drown? And, I don't know. Turkeys are dumb, I think is he the point. He looks like he's just like slouched back. Yeah, anyway. Uh, this green car that's supposed to be like a nice sports car, I guess. It is this putrid neon green Fast and the Furious looking car. Just vrooms right up. It is hideous. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, but it the funny thing is, again, knowing people in Texas and having lived here for a long amount of time, I know people who are into cars just like that. Not oh, necessarily yeah. the color or ugly color or whatever, but like that's just that's very much a staple for yeah. a younger crowd. So yeah. you see that a lot. Um, especially in Dallas. So they come in and they just randomly start uh oh Tanner asks them to turn off whatever music they're listening to. It's, it's screamo music. And he's just like, could you just turn that shit off, basically? And they're like, what, old man? What? You want to start something, old man? And he says, <laughs> the, the guy in the green car puts a gun on the side of it to act like a gangster and all yeah, threatening. Yeah, like threatening. And Tanner's reply to him is, oh, if we fight, you'd think there were ten of me. Yeah. Which... Is such a weirdly confusing thing to say to somebody that I think if if I was angry and wanted to fight someone and they just said, "Oh, you'd think there was ten of me," I'd be like, "What? I don't, huh? No, I don't, I don't. <laughs> no, never mind, man. What? Forget it. I think I'd just be so confused by the comment that I just like I get what he's trying to say, but I I'd have to pause for a moment to think about that, and then I'd just go, you know what? This isn't worth it." It's very, it's very clear and obvious that these, like, young kids in their, like, what they think is a cool car and he's got a gun, they think very big of themselves. And so they're, like, wanting to pick a fight with anyone that they could. And I don't know why they'd be pulling up into some middle-of-the-nowhere gas station like that. But, yeah, they're basically like, we're tough shit. Oh, you want some of this? I got a gun, man. Yeah. And they what what I love the most too is that they're clearly even more bothered by how unbothered he is. Right. Like he's not facing Yeah, he, at all. he hasn't even moved he or anything. Moved he's still just head. sitting there. He still got his turkey what'd you his head <laughs> his, tur- back, like, his, his turkey, turkey thing. <laughs> yeah, his head's still like yeah. leaned back into the seat, which yeah. I can kinda get if you have like something in between your neck to kind of rest yeah. on doing that but it just in like a car it, seat i can't imagine a um so the driver still getting like more aggro opens up the door and gets out and just as he's standing up toby comes out punches him in the gut smashes his head onto the door frame then smashes it into the side of the car and then the guy just falls yeah and then he doesn't stop there. He walks around to the passenger side, so funny. opens up the passenger's door, and the passenger's like, bro, not me, not me, dude, not me. And he, he just leaves him be. What did he say? He was like, he's out of line. I, I, he, I didn't know what he was going to say. <laughs> right, yeah, he's like, not me. I'm, I'm, not in, I'm not a part of this. I'm not a part of this. Please don't, please don't um, leave me. And then he just, like, Yeah, he just the shuts the door. Uh, Toby gets back into the seat and kind of throws the, the grocery bag. Yeah. On to Tanner as they drive off. Tanner shouts out the window real quick, Tanner me! <laughs> like, like, you didn't do anything, dude. Uh, but as they're driving away, this is the line that cracks me up. As he goes, 
you just want to make me mad, don't you? And he's like, huh? And he goes, I said I wanted a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> this is a Mr. Pibb. I didn't have any Dr. Pepper. And for anybody who who knows, like, there's someone, there's a difference. Someone is a very... There's quite a difference. A hardcore Dr. Pepper fan. Yeah, there's quite a difference. Because as soon as they said that, we both I, looked at each other and I died laughing. Uh... Dr. Pepper is, is my, like, if you were to say Coke, Pepsi, whatever, Dr. Pepper for me. Every day. Which is also Every a, day Texas, week. a Texas brand. Um, <clears throat> but if you were to get me a Pib instead of Dr. Pepper, I'd still be okay with it. it. Like, I would not pick a Pib over a Dr. Pepper. But did you ever have a Dr. Thunder? But if you were to, if I was <laughs> like, hey, give me, like, a Dr. Pepper or something, and then you came back with, like, a Dr. Thunder, yeah. then I'd be a little, that's, I'd be kind of disappointed. Because yeah, that's, <laughs> that's about as generic as you can get. Yeah, that's, that's a big no-no. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Coke girly myself. <laughs> Specifically a McDonald's Coke. It just hits different. Yeah, huh? <laughs> anyway. um, so they take their money to the casino, and this is where their plan gets like really clever, and you can kind of tell that a lot of thought has put, been put into this. So they bring the money that they robbed to a casino in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma. Right. and in case you don't know, there's no casinos in Texas. No. Technically there's one, but it's on a reservation, so it's not considered part of like the texas yeah. government on actual texas land there's no casinos yeah when when we were younger like at college age or like early 20s it would be like a weekend thing or a friday night thing to go drive o- over the border to oklahoma to go hang out at the casino well, aren't you special not really i've never been to a casino or i've <laughs> never been to that's not true i've been to a casino i'm pretty sure in missouri or kansas one of the two um but I was also pretty young then. Yeah. Uh, I've never, as an adult, to where I go and actually gamble, I've never been to a casino. I was old enough to gamble, but I just, I, I don't gamble, and I don't know how to play cards. So I would just, I was just... They have slot I, machines. I was just tagging along, <laughs> and then, like, getting drinks. But uh, but if you, yeah, we but you would go, you'd do that for a couple hours, and then you'd drive back to Texas. And it is so funny to me... The, the casino, the, the, the way that they did it, it looks exactly like a casino that you would see in Oklahoma. It's people that look like they haven't slept for days. They're all older. <laughs> There's something gross and weird and old-fashioned about it. Yeah. So basically the plan is you go into the casino. They bring a few thousand dollars. They convert those dollars into chips. And then they hang around until, like, a shift change or something, and then cash those chips out, basically laundering their money. So they're getting rid of whatever they got from the bank, and now getting new bills back that can't necessarily be traced to them because right. it's gone through the casino. While they're doing this, the Tanner does take a handful of chips, and he's like, I'm going to go play some poker. You have to say my favorite quote of the movie. <laughs> he, he goes to get some more chips, and as he's running away, because Toby's trying to like hold on to as many chips as possible, he's like, don't lose it all. And he just says, eat my ass. <laughs> as he's running away, you just distantly hear him yelling, eat my ass. <laughs> um, so Tanner does do, I, I would think, if I was in this situation, I'd do the same thing Tanner does here. I would take the majority of the chips that we got, keep them to do what we're supposed to do mm-hmm. but do take some 
at least if you're like confident enough of, like I wouldn't say go do a slot machine because you're gonna you're gonna waste way more chips than you'd actually end up gaining probably. Uh, but if you know how to play poker or blackjack or something where there is like you have a reasonable chance of actually potentially winning chips, going and doing that. I would take some of those chips, like maybe a little sleeve of them. And go and play some uh, like Texas Hold'em or Blackjack or something. Because I'm reasonably confident that I'd be able to make a profit. And then would be able to leave with more than we lost. Or more than we came in with. I like to think, I have a thought process. No one has ever taught me how to play poker. But I'd like to think that maybe if someone did, I could be really good at it. And just this whole time I've been sitting on a potential talent. And then I, I could have been, like, a millionaire or something. I don't know. Could have maybe won a tournament, but no one's taken the time <laughs> yeah. to teach me. I've offered many times. Have you? Yes. Oh, there's and a lot. you can't say I haven't. There's a lot of numbers. What's the one that I can play that you taught me? What did I teach you? Um, uh, adding and subtracting. Adding and subtracting. What was that? I you do taught not me, know. <laughs> you, you taught me what? No, you, uh, you laid it out, and I kept coming downstairs and being like, okay, do it again. Where you lay out the cards. Yeah, that was then... poker. That oh. was Texas Hold'em. I was showing you hands and saying which one of these wins. Oh, then maybe I do know it a little bit. Hi, yeah, yeah. So while the younger brother's playing some uh, playing some Texas Hold'em, we do see that he's winning. So he's he's got quite a stack of chips on his own. Right. Um, so it's you know it's profitable. It's a good idea. At the table is a uh, native playing as well. And he makes a remark to be like, don't chase me, don't chase me, Injin, or something like that. Oh, yeah. And he, the guy takes oh, off his glasses chief. and kind of... Oh, Chief, maybe? Don't chase me, Chief. Yeah. He takes off his glasses and kind of gives him this, like, glare. Yeah. And like, as they're sitting there, he goes, what are you, Comanche? And the guy just nods his head and then calls... Uh, the guy ends up winning, so he beats Tanner in this hand, and Tanner at that point stands up, takes his chips, he's leaving, and the player stands up as well and kind of stands in front of him. He's bigger than him, he's mm -hmm. like beefier than him, he's taller than him, and he stands in front of him, and Tanner, you can just, again, does not give a shit. No. He just goes, um, the guy goes, do you know what Comanche means? He goes, what? He goes, it means enemy. He's like, oh. Everyone, or he says, everyone, like, everyone is my enemy. He says, enemy for enemies. Uh, or, or, no, he just says it means enemy. He's like, okay, well, who's your enemy? He's like, everyone. He goes, oh. He goes, I guess that makes me a Comanche. <laughs> Cause, or he's like, because I'm your enemy, or, yeah. or everyone's my enemy, yeah. or whatever it is that he says. He's just so clearly arrogant. Very. And um, he just, he's got no filter. And he is just going balls to the wall with whatever it is that he's doing. Yeah. Which is um, not great for someone who just got out of prison. <laughs> right. Uh, Toby's sitting at the bar just kind of having a drink again, kind of waiting for, like, the shift change to happen. This woman comes up to him, starts kind of flirting with him, very clearly trying to make friends with him and maybe get some chips thrown her way. Uh, she wants to be a saucy friend. But Tanner comes in and knocks that, cuts that shit out real quick. He's like, "Hell no! I know what you're doing. You're not taking taking any money from him. No." Because she was like, she asked, you know, "Wow, you got a lot of chips there." And then she starts touching his leg, and she's like, "Are you staying in the hotel?" 
why don't you take me up to your room? And she says at one point, too, you look like someone that's missed the touch of a woman. <laughs> and she touches his cheek, and he kind of melts a little bit. And then that's when we see his brother swoop in, keeping an eye on him and saying, okay, I know what you're trying to do here, and it's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, so they finally convert the chips back into cash. Uh, but they get... Tanner reminds them, like, get some spending money. Right. So they take $400 in cash and the rest of it in a check made out to Texas Midlands Bank. Mm -hmm. So they're stealing from the banks to pay them off with their own money. Clever. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a very quick shot here as well. They decide they're they're staying at that hotel for the night. Tanner flirts with the receptionist. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) He says that... uh, uh, she says something along the lines of, like, you look like trouble. And he's like, yeah, the good kind of trouble. That when you're dying in the nursing home, you're going to think back to me and giggle. And she gets this big old smile on her She's face. Like, oh, my. Oh, you rascal, you. So silly. Um, <laughs> we do cut back again to see the Rangers. This is kind of where we're seeing them just kind of ribbing each other back and forth. Uh, Marcus is poking fun of Alberto's uh, background the whole time. Uh, While Alberto kind of rolls his eyes about the whole thing, but he ends up, Marcus ends up saying, you're going to miss, you're going to miss the teasing when I'm gone. Mm -hmm. Like, you might not miss anything else, but you're going to miss the teasing when I'm gone. Um, And Jeff, uh, Jeff, Marcus ends up leaving the room because he was, they, they're in a hotel, but they've got their own separate rooms. And for whatever reason, Marcus was hanging out in Alberto's room while he's like laying on his bed. Seems like he's trying to Flossing, to trying to go to sleep, talking shit. Marcus does end up leaving, but you do see a little smirk on like uh, Alberto's face to what be was, like, you know, he doesn't really. What was mind. the joke that uh, Mark, or that they did? There was something like, um, like Marcus said something to Alberto, like, uh, you know, what's, why are you watching a religious TV show? Or why do you have something on, on TV that's like a Christian, oh, yeah, you know, gospel saying... thing? He's like, don't, don't your people usually like dance around a fire? And he, he just like deadpans and goes, I'm Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, we do, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. I hate it. And how weirdly gross this is. But the brothers stay in the hotel, and they get a single room with, like, twin she beds. Bet. What Tanner said worked, because that girl shows up. And they're getting it on while Toby is rolled over. Covering his ears. Trying to sleep. Trying to sleep. While that's happening in the same room. No thanks. Gross. I made a note. I said, that is extremely gross to have sex with your brother in the next bed. <laughs> yeah. Nasty. They didn't even have the TV on or anything. There's yeah. dead silent in there. <laughs> Gross. The, uh, the next morning, or the next day, we do see the brothers talking to, like, a lawyer um, to open a trust with those checks that they made out. Um, and this will go towards fixing the reverse mortgage on the property and the back taxes. Um, and the lawyer kind of seems to know what they're doing because he does make some comments about, like, you guys did make this legally at the mm-hmm. casino, right? I'd have nothing to lie about or, or yeah. not report as long as you did that. Um, 
but he's also saying like if you really want to cover it up make texas midland bank control the trust right so he's basically like hey i kind of support what you're doing yeah uh which is kind of weird it is kind of weird but also he he just heard the entire story of like what the mom was going through when she was sick and how they were yeah but i'm not gonna tell you like i'm robbing a bank no but he i think at the same time he said something along the lines of um you know hey i you know as a texan i don't think there's anything wrong with taking money back from the bank or something like something like that yeah you know basically saying like no i stand with you and i would probably do the same thing so he was kind of like under the table handshake like i get you dude yeah and I'm not going to say anything about it. And here's a couple fun tips. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we see the next... Uh, we go back to the Rangers. And this is probably one of the greater scenes in the whole whole movie. But the <laughs> they go into this little restaurant for breakfast. Uh, and they sit down. And this waitress comes up oh while God, they're talking. Yeah. And the waitress just goes, Alright, what don't you want? And they're both like... I'm sorry, what? And she goes, well, what don't you want? And they're like, uh, and Jeff, uh, he, Marcus kind of looks at the, like, up on the countertop at, like, what their menu is. And she goes, I've been working here for 40 years. You either don't want, we sell steaks. You either don't want green beans or you don't want mashed taters. Yeah. So what don't you want? And, and Alberta goes, I don't want the green beans. And Mark says, yeah, me neither. No, no green beans. She goes, okay. Two steaks, mashed taters, cooked uh, medium, well. medium well. And he goes, actually, I want cooked medium well. <laughs> she and he's like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And she goes, and iced tea for you? Two sweet teas. Sweet tea for you? Sweet tea's fine. Sweet tea, that'll, that'll be fine. Okay. She, she is what I'd like to think our earlier diner waitress will be like in like her elder elder <laughs> years she's so crass and blunt and to the point she even says at one point one time a man came in here and asked us if we had any uh sea bass and i <laughs> yeah. said where do you think we get sea bass from yeah we're in the middle of you know wherever no you get steak steak's what you get yeah which <laughs> is hilarious it was so funny but yeah, I, I loved her character. She acted... There was not a single other person in that diner, and she acted like it was such an imposition that they were there to order. She's like, God, okay, fine. Yeah. She sauntered away like it was the most inconvenient it's, thing. It's just a great little scene. I love it. It's so funny. Uh, we cut back to Toby. We see that he has gone to see his kids. Um, again, this is a very, like southern sort of thing or maybe an older time thing if it was 20 30 years ago you might still find people sort of doing this but um he knocks on the door and it's just like the screen door the actual door's still open he just knocks on the door and the person just goes come in doesn't even ask like who are you who is it just come in um he's there to see his kids it's his ex-wife's place and clearly they don't have the greatest relationship uh but he basically just says look my mother's died 
few weeks ago. Um, we're fixing things with the ranch. We're going to give it to, to the boys. And uh, we're putting it into a trust so that nobody can touch it. And she's like, oh, okay. And this is where we find out that the big driving force behind all this is that they found oil there. Right. So if they give it to the kids and they let them drill for oil there, you're going to become very rich very quickly. Yeah. It's also, it's also good to note, too, that uh, it's very clear when he says that his mom died, the reaction from the ex was very unfavorable of his mom. Yeah. And so she didn't act very remorseful about losing her. Yeah. She was, and at some point she said, you can't blame me or something like that. So they, right. they didn't have a great relationship. Right. Um, we then see one of his sons shows up, uh, and he goes outside with the son. His son's got to be a teenager, but he hands he him looks, a beer. He looks like he's like maybe 15, he, 14. He hands him a beer. Uh, he asks where the other brother is. The other brother's like staying at a friend's house or something. And he just kind of starts talking with his son for a minute and goes, Look, your grandmother died. Uh, she, We're going to give you her ranch. And he's like, Why? I don't want to be a rancher. He's like, Well, because there's oil there. So yeah. you're never going to need money again. And he goes, Look, in the future, you might hear some things about me and your uncle. And he's like, Ah, I'm not going to believe anything anybody says. He goes, No, you believe them because it's all true. Yeah. Like, you believe what you hear. It's true. Assuming that, like, they're going to end up getting caught eventually. But at least they're going to try and do this to provide for them first. I also kind of took that as the things that you hear about me. I don't know. I kind of got a feeling he also meant, like, maybe why... They don't explain it. They never talk about it. But maybe why him and the mom aren't together anymore. Like, maybe that was a cause from him. I don't um, know. And he could just be like, yeah, whatever shitty stuff I've done, I'm admitting that I did it. And I deserve whatever happens. Yeah, just be better than me, basically. Yeah, be better than me. Um, we cut back to the Rangers, and they decide they're going to do a stakeout in front of a, guess what? Texas Midlands Bank, right there in the small town that they're in. So they're like, look, they're going to have to hit one of these. Sooner or later, they're going to come here, so we'll just wait and we'll catch them in the act. Um, he's confident that the boys will eventually make a mistake. Yeah. And that mistake is potentially showing up at that one they're going to be waiting at. Um, we then see the brothers take two vehicles to the next bank. Uh, a small car and a truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is they're going to leave the small car like outside of the town. And uh, be able to use that kind of as a getaway if they need to. They get to the first bank, and when they go to try and open the door, the door's chained shut. It's locked. And not just is that bank closed, but that bank branch has been completely closed down. So that location's not even any good anymore. Right. Uh, so they make the decision to go to another location. They decide, okay, we're going to head to Coleman, uh, because we can't go to... I forget where they say. It's not Lubbock. But it's like a relatively big town in Texas. They can't go to that one because it's too big of a city. Right. Like, it's too big of a branch. There's no way it'd work. So, uh, they decide to go to Coleman because it's a relatively small town, like what they've done before. Oh, is it Post? No. Oh. We'll get there. It's, it's, it's something else. It's like, uh, it's 
I'll just say Lubbock to say Lubbock. It's not Lubbock. It's something else. It's another big town that's out there. I Which I have been to, and they did have middle of nowhere diners. <laughs> well, Lubbock is kind of in the middle of nowhere. It is. It's like an island. Yeah. Lubbock's on the map because of Buddy Holly. Sure is. Uh, and also, I think Texas Tech is out there. Good job. Yeah. Okay, look, I, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I know some things. Um, so they decide to go to the different location. They're heading to a town called Coleman to go there because they think it's going to be similar to the other banks they've already done. Small enough and early enough that there won't be many people there. Right. Um, the Rangers at this point figure out that maybe they're not going to come to this location because it's already getting pretty late in the, in the morning mm-hmm. and they sort of look at the map and, and they decide okay well they're not going to go to this location because that location's already closed and they're not going to this town because that's too big of a town they're only hitting the small branches so it's either coleman or post and this is all marcus yeah so he decides they're going we're going to head to post because that's where they're going they're going to go to post but we know that they've decided against that however as the rangers decide to leave, we cut back to the brothers, and Tanner cuts Toby off and says, Look, by the time we get to Coleman, it's going to be the middle of the afternoon. We don't want to go there during a lunch rush. Mm-hmm. We have to go to post because we'll get there early enough. There won't be many people. So they change their plan and decide to go to post. Also, this is a Friday. To know. Right. Um, so they decide to go to post, which does mean that we're leading into a head-on collision between the brothers and the two rangers at this point. Uh, they get to the bank in post, and Toby thinks that it's too big. They realize it's actually a lot bigger than they thought it was going to be. Much bigger than the other one. But it's too late. They're already there. They have to do it. They break into the bank, and it is full of people. It is jam-packed. And it is payday. Yeah. One of them says. So that's why there's a fuck ton of people. So, yeah, there's probably like 30 people in here, multiple tellers. They get everybody on the ground. Uh, Toby, again, is like frantically kind of pointing his gun all over the place. Tanner gets behind the counter. He very like militarily instructs the tellers, like, stand up, unlock your drawers, empty your drawers. Get on your knees. Um, all those things. So while they're doing that, we see one girl, like, text to somebody that, like, they're robbing the bank. We see another guy slowly trying to, like, reach for his pistol. We see in the back, the security guy was, like, in the bathroom or something. He's kind of sneaking around. And all of it very quickly comes to a head when Tanner sees the security, or the security guard shoots at Toby. Tanner gets up, shoots and kills the security guard. Then sees the other guy kind of hold up behind a little uh, island Mm -hmm. table thing, just kind of in the middle of the lobby. Tanner jumps up on top of that, shoots that guy in the head. Square in the head. And then they they get out, and as they're leaving, there's just a line of trucks of random citizens with their guns unloading at them. You could not have picked, like, a worse group of... Car- like, everyone is carrying. Yeah. This part of town, everyone's got concealed weapons licenses. Everyone's got a gun. So they're all just... They're, they're all un- just unloading. They're unloading. This is like every... I'm just going to go ahead and say it. There are some people in Texas <laughs> who 
who enjoy carrying their guns that they dream for this sort of scenario. Yeah. This is their, they think that they're going to be the hero. This is my time to shine. I'm going to take this person down. So it's just bullets everywhere. Right. Just the absolute worst possible case scenario that could have happened. Um, so they do manage to get in the truck and get away. Uh, all of the citizens who are shooting at them get in hot pursuit. There's like five vehicles or something in total. Yeah. Just a bunch of... Just truckfuls of good old boys. You know? <laughs> yeah, the good old boys, yeah. Um, we do see that Toby was shot. Um, he's got a bullet that seems to have gone in and out in like his lower right abdomen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they kind of apply some pressure there, try and bandage it up the best that they can. They get back to... They get enough of a lead on these people chasing them that they make it to the car they left outside of the town. Toby gets in that car, and Tanner does not. Tanner says, Look, I'm going to draw off the heat. You go to the casino like we planned and get the shit done with the bank. Like, you have to go do that. Yeah. Because they're, they're on a timeline. Right. They're on a time crunch. Again, this is Friday, and they have to have this done by a certain time. So they, they can't stop and go to an urgent care, basically. Right. They did take one break during this because of the people following them that they stopped the truck and Tanner pulled out his assault rifle and just kind of blindly shot at them to kind of scare them off a little bit. But it didn't get them to go away. It just no. kind of gave them a bigger, bigger lead to give them time to do this yeah. split. a head start. Um, before the brothers go their separate ways... They do say I love you to each other, um, showing that they do, you know, they really cared, and that's that's why Tanner was doing this. Not while he might enjoy the act of robbing and stuff, not have qualms about like taking somebody's life. He is doing this out of love for his brother and wanting to help take care of his his nephews, basically. Right. Um, so they go their separate ways. Um, the Tanner does run into the police, and he leads them up into the hills of Texas. I think this is also a way, like, with with them breaking off from each other, I think this is also um, Tanner saying, you know, I'm kind of the fuck up between the two of us. Right. You know, I can do this. You've got a lot going for you. You you know, if if I get arrested, if something bad happens to me, you're still good. You still got... A plan, you know. Yeah. Um, we see Toby at one point does come into like a checkpoint, like they've kind of the police have sectioned off a road, mm-hmm. and he kind of hides that he's bleeding, gives the officer his ID, says, "Oh, I'm just gonna go to the, I'm going up to the casino, whatever." Um, it's a little tense moment, but he gets he gets through. Although the cop makes some weird looking faces and shit to make it seem like like something you know it's just trying to build tension but they're weird faces to make and looks to have when it's like you're good like everything's fine he kind of like glances at the other officers like we we got a guy here yeah like when he takes his id and he's checking it in the cop car he nods he looks over at another cop and they both kind of nod at at each other like why would you do that it's just a weird way to build like false obviously it's just a to build up tension and stuff but it's it's just a strange thing because it doesn't feel natural no. when you eventually are just like 
All right, you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good day. This is your face. Okay. Um, I don't know. It just felt kind of weird. Um, but we, so he gets through. He set it off into Oklahoma. We go back to Tanner. Um, he's kind of taking the truck up this hill. He lights fire to like a propane tank and then gets out of the vehicle while he grabs his rifle. So he lets it roll backwards down the hill. It crashes into one of the police vehicles and explodes, kind of blocking this little dirt road that they were going up. Mm-hmm. He runs up into the hills, takes off the the cover of this rifle. So we now see that he's got like this hunting rifle, sniper rifle type thing. And he's just taking like pot shots at the police down there. It's a barricade of police. We see uh, Marcus and Alberto show up. And they get out of their vehicles and they they take cover. Alberto has a rifle with a scope on it. And he's kind of leaning over the trunk of the car real quick. There was a comment earlier that Marcus kind of sucks at shooting. And that Alberto would would do the shooting. So while they're sitting here and Marcus is trying to figure out like, Oh, we got to get behind him. What are we going to do? Alberto gets shot in the head. Was it in the eye though? I don't think so. I think it's just in in the head. I... My hands went over my mouth and I gasped. Yeah. I was so upset. Um, Marcus does manage to kind of pull Alberto's body behind the car. You can see that he did actually care for this guy here. That while he was kind of ribbing him, it was sort of like a brotherly sort of ribbing, kind of making fun of. He's because he's very sad, very upset about it. That's heartbreaking. We see over the hill come all the citizens again. Jeff. Marcus is waving them off like, get out of here, get out of here, what the fuck are you doing? He does jump in the car with one of them and goes, how well did you know the land around here? And the guy's like, I know it like the back of my hand. He goes, okay, you see the brush up up back there? I need to get there. He yeah. goes, well, it might take. He goes, give me 30 minutes, I'll have that man hogtied and whatever. And he's like, no, just get me there, yeah. I'll deal with it. Again, we've got a bunch of uh, good old boys that want to be vigilantes, that want to help be you know, a hero. Yeah. Um, Marcus does get taken up behind the hills. Um, the citizen's still with him. He kind of, like, led him on foot, I guess, as well. And he brought his rifle. And he's like, all right, give me... I'll, I'll take the shot. He's like, oh, the hell you will. I'm doing it. So he takes the guy's rifle. And he, he sits up on the hill. The, the, the civilian has, got like, uh, binoculars with him. He's kind of scoping it out, being yeah. like... All right, he's to the left left of that bush. He's like, I see him. Um, they got got SWAT now, but Tanner's still kind of shooting them off, kind of taking pot shots at him. It's also good to know, too, that the, the little vigilante friend that's helping um, Jeff Bridges' character is like, you can tell that he's seeing that he's kind of, like, out of breath and older, and so that's why he's like, are you sure yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. want me to do this? Um, one, I don't think it was this guy, but one of the cowboys in this movie at some point is Taylor Sheridan. Um, he was an actor too. He was in, um, uh, Sons of Anarchy Uh. and some other stuff as well before going into mostly writing and directing stuff. Um, so he placed himself somewhere in this movie or got placed into the movie. Um, Tanner ends up taking a break from shooting at everybody. And he sits down for a minute while he's kind of reloading. He's kind of breathing in the air, kind of looking around. And he makes the comment of, Lord of the Plains. Lord of the Plains. That's me. And then as he does that, he kind of looks over his shoulder 
to see Marcus up on this hill behind him with a rifle. And he sees him just in time. And then, boom, shot right in the head. Tanner's been killed. Just, like, the sound of a shot, and then he slumped over. Yep. Just like that. Um, we cut back to Toby at the hotel. He's again sitting at the bar, just kind of having some drinks. The hotel casino. Yeah. We see a news story going on, talking about the day's events. Behind him, in the background. Mentioning that... Uh, a man was killed by Texas Ranger Marcus Hamilton. So that I think that's the first, maybe second time we hear Marcus's name. Um, but first time I kind of really remember it happening. Um, after that, Toby leaves. He gets to the bank in time to pay off the reverse mortgage and the back taxes. As well as set up the trust for uh, the bank to manage. Um, he is kind of, like, grumpy. Uh, obviously, he's, you know, his brother just died. He's kind of pissed at the bank still. But they're like, wow, if, you know, good thing you did this when you did. And it's like, all right, don't 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 try and be friendly to me. Like, we were in this position because of you. Yeah. And there is at one point where the the person at the bank that he's working with is like, um, yeah, I can, I can do this fax, like, by the end of next oh, week. Oh, yeah, he's like, yeah, I can fax this by the end of the week. And goes, it is the end of the week. This is Friday. I'll this wait. This is the end of the week. He's I like, will watch you do it. It's and very like, awkward. It was very awkward, but the, it, he's so intimidating in this moment that the guy, you can tell the guy's like, oh, okay, <laughs> sure, sir. Um, after the stuff with the bank, we cut forward in time, um, I don't think it says exactly how long, but we just have cut forward in time. We see Marcus show back up to the Texas Ranger offices, I guess. And he meets with this woman um, who seemingly took his position. And he basically asks to look over the files about the the, uh, Tanner case again. Mm -hmm. And he's looking back through it. And he just is like, did you guys ever check into the brother? And they're like, we did. He has no records. He's got no priors. Nothing. He's he's clean. There's nothing to tie him to this. Everything makes sense with Tanner because he's robbed stuff before. He killed his father in a supposed hunting accident. He's done time. It makes sense. But the brother, it doesn't make sense the, to. She says the only time that the brother has ever been in a courtroom was during his divorce. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Marcus sits there, he goes home, we see him kind of at his home, and this is the part where I say, this might give you a feeling of No Country for Old Men, because No Country for Old Men ends with Tommy Lee Jones basically sitting at table having breakfast Mm -hmm. with his wife, just reading a newspaper, and I remember the first time ever watching No Country for Old Men, we watched it at home, um, so like a family watched it, and I remember at the end, my mother going... Being like, that ending was dumb. Like, I didn't understand. I didn't get, like, she didn't get the ending or she just didn't like the that's ending. So many people think that's the best ending to a movie. Because it's a great ending. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, <laughs> but it, it's a, in a similar vein of we see Marcus at home. He's, like, sitting on his porch. Uh, you can tell that he's sort of contemplating, still trying to run through the case in his brain. He sits down at one point, like, pets his dog, is watching some, like, football or something on TV. Having a beer. And then he finally just 
unlike Tommy Lee Jones, decides he has enough and he has to go search for the answers. So, he drives out to the ranch that Toby and Tanner saved. And he walks up and he sees Toby. And Toby's holding, like, a shotgun. Yeah. And he goes, look, um... Toby also look or, um... He looks like he was expecting him. Or at least he saw him coming from, like, a mile away. I feel like he probably saw him coming. He basically says, look, I just want to talk. I'm retired. I can't arrest you or anything. I just want to talk. Um, and Toby's like, you know I could shoot you, right? He's like, for trespassing? He's like, you'd be well within your rights if you want to. Mm-hmm. He's like, do you got a gun on you? And he's like, what, yeah. do, you th- what do you think? Yeah. yeah. Um, he's like, but do you- would you mind if we just talked? And he's like, sure, come on. So he goes and he sits down on his porch. Uh, Toby offers him a beer, gives him a Shiner Bock, which, as you said, is a Texas brand. It did. It's Shiner. Texans, a lot of Texans drink Shiner Bock, and it's a, it's a Texas beer. I. It tastes disgusting. <laughs> I don't like beer, period. Beer is pretty disgusting, so. My parents used to um, So he sits there, and they just kind of talk a little bit, and. Marcus just kind of cuts the case. He goes, look. It started off nice. He goes, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. He goes, never mind, never mind. I'll figure that out on my own. Why did you, though? Right. He's like, I know why Tanner did. Like, that was his life. That, it makes sense of why he did this. Mm-hmm. But why did you do it? Um, that's the part that he can't figure out. And Toby gives a speech here. A little monologue that goes along the lines of like look i've been poor my whole life my parents were poor their parents were poor my kids are never gonna have to struggle with that mm-hmm. ever again they're not going to be poor um he's like you know po- being poor is is like it's a disease like it infects you and it infects those around you and just kind of keeps going unless something drastic happens and my kids are never going to have to know that. Um, they can, you know, if they want to sell the land, they can sell the land. But they're going to get the money first. Yeah, it's up to them. Um, and while they're sitting there talking, there's this great moment where uh, Toby basically says, Look, if you want to end this now, we can see if you can reach for your gun before I can pull the trigger on mine. Yeah. And there's this excellent moment of just silence Mm -hmm. where the tension is to the roof you don't know if one of them is going to pull and shoot the other one and it feels like they're going to Mm -hmm. like they both maybe want to do this and just as that's about it feels like it's right about to happen a car pulls up Mm -hmm. and out comes his two kids and the ex-wife and Marcus realizes this isn't your house he's like no I just I just ground keep a little bit now and then tidy up. He's like, oh, so he realizes at that point, like, you did do this for your family, yeah. okay? We also like it kind of clicks into place that he's got paint spouters, yeah, on his clothes. So he's been doing some painting and you know work. And as soon as he sees them get out of that car, he kind of relaxes his shoulders and lets the gun fall to yeah. his side. Um. Marcus gets up to leave, 
And as he's leaving, Toby kind of walks with him out. And Toby says, I'm ready to be done with this. And Marcus just turns to him and says, You won't ever be. It will haunt both of them, both of us, for the rest of our lives. And maybe one day, uh, they might give each other peace. If you ever want to do that, you can come find me. Uh, they both basically say, like, you can come find me if you ever want to have peace. Meaning, like, if you really ever want to end this and, and not let it haunt you, the only way is, is to die. Yeah. Um, and I think he tells him that he's got, he's like, no, I've, I've got a small house. I'm renting a small house in town or something. I forget where he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he says something like, yeah, if I've, rent, I've got a small house. You can come by any time. Yep. And we can continue this conversation then. And that's the end of the movie. Marcus goes off into the distance while Toby sits there. I hesitate to say, like, triumphantly. Yeah. Because while he reached what he wanted, he lost a lot along the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the end of the movie. It's also something to note, too, that when they are having this little dialogue back and forth... Um, Chris Pine's character says to um, to him, like, you know, you you didn't lose anything. You didn't lose anyone in this. And he goes, no, I my partner lost his entire family. I lost my partner. He lost his family. You know, that's why it's still, you know, I'm still raw about it. Yeah. And, um, and I like that when the family did show up, or when the ex-wife and the kids showed up, she did walk up on the porch as they were going inside and she just kind of saw that, you know, he was holding a shotgun, and she didn't know who this man was, and she says, everything okay? And, uh, um, was it Marcus that said, yep, we're just old friends. And they just went about their, yep. their time. So it's, I don't know, I don't know what I, I think from the ending, if I actually think that they would meet up later on in life and duel it out or if they would just both leave it alone I think I would take away that Marcus got the answer that he wanted because his struggle was to understand like why did my partner die for this why did um, I want to say it was like four people in yeah, total why Why people. did was it four people or was it three it's four people because it's four. Tanner included and then right. the two people at the bank right. why did four people die for this like wh what is it and he understands at the end that it was it was the family to to make better for his family than right. what he ever had and maybe in, improve their chances of like leading a good honest life versus whatever right. and uh Toby just has like well you killed my brother so yeah like Toby's not Toby isn't going to search out the man no for vengeance or anything. No. Because they knew going into this, there was always a possibility that something like that would happen to them. Um, and I think he's perfectly fine letting things be as they are. Yeah. Uh, unless Marcus comes back around. But I don't think Marcus would because he seems to have gotten his answers. And he seems content with letting it, you know, haunt him that he could not stop them before Alberto died. But at least now he knows why. He knows why, and then he also probably knows that, I mean, he he never was in trouble with the law before. He 
did what he did, and he's probably not going to be in trouble with the law anytime after. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a pretty it's a a cool scene too that we leave from the ranch because we see just acres and acres of the land that has the um, the oil rigs on it. So they are just they're going to be so set. Yeah, they got money now. They got bank. They got big bank. Um, so yeah, that's the end of the movie. I love this movie. It's a great um, movie. I think it is fantastic. I also do know that I've got a little bit of a penchant for westerns, mm-hmm. which is more or less a, a dead genre, uh, unless you want to watch like old old timey westerns. But the the contemporary westerns that Taylor Sheridan has been doing, um, I've enjoyed all of them too a degree uh, a few slightly less than the next but i like this one for me was definitely a high point of 2016 i think my my favorite i think my tier goes um no country for old men at number one and then i have to well no i have to put true grit number second because that's my dad's favorite movie the original or the remake and are you just talking about, like, just westerns? Yeah. yeah. No, the new one. No, 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 I take it back. Okay. No Country for Old Men, <laughs> Hell or High Water, True Grit, the newer one. You want a fun fact? Sure. I saw the 2011 True Grit on a date. Oh. What's her name? Where do I find her? <laughs> I don't know where you find her. Go beat her. Yeah, I bet. Was that 2011? Yeah. Really? Pretty sure. Yeah, he was really good in that, too. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the, the movie's fantastic, and I do enjoy the themes and, and sort of what it's talking about as far as, like, um, how property and banks and repossession sort of work and that it really uh, hurts the sort of little man or, or yeah. the people who aren't as well off, especially if there happens to be, like, a death in the family, for example. Um, And then there are feelings towards the end of both of our leads kind of having remorse and regrets over what happened and and maybe not doing things differently. And, like, maybe if if they better planned ahead, they would have maybe gone to Coleman, actually, instead of Post, uh, even if the drive was longer or... Uh, you know, whatever it might have been. Maybe he could have figured it out sooner. Or maybe they could have better tied Toby's involvement yeah. into this instead of, like, who else do we look at? Who else does Tanner have as an associate? Or uh, if they could have figured out the stuff about, like, in Oklahoma, they could have, you know, the, the casinos have security cameras. You could yep. have pinned both of them there, bringing in loads of cash, and then there you go. But they don't know any of those parts in again that's not even what marcus was worried about he's like how'd you do it he's like no 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 i'll figure out how you did it but why did you do it Um. i think that it 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 is a really good combination of psychological um action funniness like humor um and you know again like there were so many parts where I like I jumped and put my hands over my mouth and was like oh my god I think that's a perfect combination and I personally in my brain would like to believe that at some point him and that waitress get together 
<laughs> and she gets to enjoy his millions of dollars. Yeah. Hey, I'm that bank robber that you flirted with hey, that one time. you remember that one time? I found some oil. <laughs> My kids are rich, kids but not are... me. Do you still need a new chef? <laughs> um, That's what I choose to believe. Yeah, but th- this movie's great. Uh, yeah, really if fun. you haven't watched it in a while, go watch it again. Uh, I very, very highly recommend it. The acting um, is a fantastic. The acting all around is great from our four central characters. Uh, and then a bunch of the side characters are great as well. Both of the waitresses in the movie are great for different things. Um, and it's just, it's a fun, pretty easy, quick watch uh, that just, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. It's really great. Very captivating. Beautifully shot. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Agreed. Very good choice. Um, I'm sure in the future I'll want to talk about Wind River because I think Wind River is is very good as well and maybe even lesser talked about or raved about. I do know when it came out mm-hmm. as the follow-up to Hell or High Water. People were like, eh. Um, but I th- think it's also great and that's got a lot of people you really like in it like elizabeth olsen jeremy renner uh uh, john barenthal's in it um and it is and it's a fun while it is a contemporary western as well or neo-western it's fun in the fact that it takes place uh somewhere north where it during when it's snowing yeah so there's a lot of snow on the ground which is not a very common um western no. setting uh although there are quite a there are a number of what's called alaskan westerns mm. that take place in alaska like the james stewart starring the far country uh <laughs> how to get that plug in there aye, aye, james aye. stewart yeah. always with the james stewart. anyway um thanks for listening Thank you for listening. You can find new episodes up uh, all the time on Thursdays, uh, wherever you listen to streamy things, uh, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcast, all those other ones, or even if you're listening on YouTube, thank you. Yeah. Wherever you are, be sure to give us a rating, a comment, uh, whatever, that sort of stuff. All, sort, all helps. Share it with friends, family, all that sort of stuff. Um, and if you have any suggestions for movies that might like us to consider let us know yeah leave those in the comments uh we'll be back next week with maggie pick yeah and yeah you can find us all over the place at coas underscore podcast or just chicken on stick podcast uh and every friday we do some sort of review on a movie we went and saw that week yeah uh so you can find that find us on twitch for that as well yeah come hang out so Thank you again for watching thank you or for listening, watching. Yeah, whatever or... it was, using <laughs> your ear holes. Yeah, thank you for your ear holes. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.